Hey, what's up? We're Brave Youth, a youth movement happening all across Miami, starting at our home, Brave Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We can't wait to see how God's going to use it to change your life. Enjoy the message. In this room, God, your spirit is in this room tonight, Lord, and we just honor you, God. Just as the president would walk in the room, God, and we would stand, or a queen would walk in the room and we would stand, God. We stand for a greater power and a greater name, and his name is Jesus. So, God, we honor you in this place, God. Have your way. And everybody said amen and amen. You guys can be seated. Give two people a high five and say, you look beautiful today. You look beautiful today. OMG, Becky, you look beautiful today. Hey, I hope you came ready to receive a word because I came ready to deliver one. Come on, are you guys ready to preach back tonight? Man, I hope so. Hey, I just want to say thank you. Everybody, you're supposed to say you're welcome. Man, thank you for coming to church today. Okay, like it was crazy because I I started driving around and I was like, yo, you starts in about two hours. I need to go get myself some Chick-fil-A. Okay, like anytime before I preach, I got to eat the holy chicken. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And so I went to Chick-fil-A and I went to Chick-fil-A and all of the stoplights, the green lights, the red lights, the yellow lights, all of them were out. It was crazy. And actually, I had to go to Chick-fil-A because I first went to McDonald's. Okay, and there wasn't anybody in McDonald's line. How many know that's a problem when you drive up to McDonald's and there ain't nobody at McDonald's? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's the one place that you can count on at least five people being in the restaurant. So I walk up to the door. I try to pull it open. I was like, dang, McDonald's is closed at this hour. That's crazy. So then I walked over to Chipotle. Holla back for Chipotle. Went back for Chipotle and all the power's out at Chipotle. I just realized that apparently it's like Armageddon. And, and like everybody's losing their mind because apparently there's supposed to be a hurricane that's coming and that's about to kill everybody, everybody going to heaven. Um, you know what I'm saying? And then I went to the gas station, y'all. And there was like a line like wrapped around the block for the gas station. Now listen, I'm from the Midwest. I'm used to blizzards and snowstorms and all that. I ain't never been in a hurricane in my life. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to go take my surfboard. I'm going to be like, surfboard, surfboard, you know, like hitting the waves. Shred the gnar, baby. Shred the gnar. But thank you for coming to church, okay? Because I know a lot of people couldn't make it today, but you guys um, are not fair weather fans, all right? Y'all are in it to win it. Come on. Come on. And I love that. Thank you so much. Hey, um, we are in a, a part two of a short series that we're doing just back to school because all of you guys are back to school. Holla back. <laughs> two people were like, yep. Everybody else is like, uh. it's week two of school, y'all. Okay, come on. Come on, how many of you have made new friends? Made new friends? Yeah, you got new friends? Good. How many of you have not made friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of you guys sit by yourselves at the lunch table? It's all right. It's all right. We're going to pray for you tonight. There's going to be deliverance. I believe that tomorrow there's going to be 20 people that want to sit by you at the lunch table. And they're like, uh, I want to get to know you because you awesome. Yeah, I believe that. Um, and so we're talking about, last week we talked about confidence. Come on, how many of you received a word last week about confidence? Man, I hope you guys have been walking in confidence. But um, tonight we're going to be going into the second and final installment before we get into a brand new series called There Is Hope next week. Um, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to be a powerful four weeks. It's also invite night. So make sure that you start inviting your friends because at the end of my message, I'm going to tell you why. Um, but, um, you know, I love school. And 
and I'm like one of those people that just like naturally loves school. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I loved high school. I loved middle school. Elementary was okay, but it was all right. Um, but you ever, like for me, some of the greatest experiences that I've ever had in my entire life happened at school, right? Like how many of you would say like some of the most memorable moments that you've ever had in your life happened at school? right? Because let's be honest, that's like your job. Like that's what you do your whole life for the first 16, 18 years of your life is you just go to school, right? So a lot of stuff happens at school. But how many of you know also like some of the most embarrassing stuff happens at school? Anybody? Can anybody relate? Yeah, yeah. I can relate. I had a lot of embarrassing things happen to me um, in, my, in my school. I, I remember I puked in front of a girl that I really liked um, all over the floor. That was like one of the first times ever in my entire life that I like projectile vomited. I was like, blah, 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 I love you. You know, <laughs> it's just weird, you know. But uh, I remember one time like, like I was texting somebody in school and um, you ever done that before? You ever like sent like a real, like genuine, affectionate, intimate text message to somebody that you care about? And then all of a sudden, you send it to the wrong person. Come on. Man, listen. Let me tell you. That is the greatest nightmare that I have in my entire life. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you ever have that, like, guy that, like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, like you're like, hey, Boo Bear. I love you. You is so cute today. Boy, like, I know I'm not supposed to be dating you, but, like, I'm okay with it, you know? Like, oh, I can't wait to make out behind the lockers after, after class. And then, and then you press send, and then you realize that you sent it to your dad. Come on. Come on, anybody? anybody like, how, how humiliating would that be, right? Like, that'd be pretty bad. I remember one time I was, like, coming home, and this was in elementary, okay? So I was a little boy. And I was walking out to find my mom, okay? Anybody ever did this? I was walking out to find my mom. I was so confident that I found my mom. And so I went and I gave my mom a hug from behind. And I was like, mama, I love you. Thank you so much for picking me up. And then when I opened my eyes, it was, <laughs> it was a man that was not my mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, anybody ever been in that predicament before? Huh? Yeah, like, really, wow. Wow, we can relate. Like, dude, it was, and it didn't even look like a woman, too. I don't know why I hugged her, but it was like, it, it was just like instinct. I don't know why, but come on. How many of you ever, like, found yourself in a place of just, like, pure embarrassment? Yeah, yeah. Tonight I want to talk to you about this word that stems from this thing called embarrassment that I feel like this generation faces a lot because there is a lot of projection that happens on you guys to live at a specific standard and to live a specific lifestyle. And when you don't meet that standard, you fall into this hurt called shame. Mm, yeah, we're going to talk about shame tonight. How many of you guys have ever experienced the word shame before? Yeah. Some of you guys might not know what shame is. Let me uh, expound on this word shame. Shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. How many of you know it's like wrong and foolish to send the wrong text message to the wrong person? You know, that's just like foolishness, right? It's, it's foolishness to walk up to a random stranger that you think is your mom, but really it's just a random dude, and you give him a hug from behind, right? There are a lot of times in your life that you can find yourself in this place of shame. Everybody say shame. See, how many of you have ever felt shame before, right? Like, like 
maybe at some point, maybe it was something that you did. Maybe it was someone that you talked to. Maybe it was something that you said. But you see, nobody likes being humiliated or embarrassed. Like at the root cause of it, even if you raise your hand, like I know you're lying, nobody likes being humiliated. Nobody likes feeling this word called shame because shame is some of the worst hurt that you can go through in your life. It's the feeling of, man, I didn't meet their standards. Man, I'm not good enough. Man, I don't feel like I can keep going. Man, I don't feel like, like I have, have reached the level of success that, that, that I was supposed to. It's this word called shame. Today I want to talk to you because I believe in the second installment of going back to school and living a lifestyle for Jesus Christ is going to take some unashamed teenagers. How many of you believe that God wants you to be unashamed? Yeah. Unashamed. Today I want to give you three things that God wants you to be unashamed of as you walk back into your school. The title of my message today is I Am Unashamed. Okay? I am unashamed. Come on. Somebody say it to your neighbor. Say, I am unashamed. Say it to your other neighbor. Say, I am unashamed. Yeah, come on. Would you pray with me as we get into today? God, I pray right now that you would begin to download and install a new thing in our spirits, Jesus. I pray right now that you would release shame in the room, release humiliation in the room, release embarrassment and guilt and doubt in the room in Jesus' name. And I pray that you would teach us how to live unashamed. And if you believe that, somebody say amen. 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 Come on. Yeah. You see, in Acts 2.17, it says this. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Everybody say all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Here's what I came to tell you today. Did you know that we are living in the last days? Mm, What does that mean? That means that people get ready. Jesus is coming soon now to take us home. People get ready. Jesus is coming now, any, any, does anybody know that song? Anybody like girl, no, no, like not even the old people know that? Dude, that is an old song. Jose knows that song. Come on. Praise God. Okay, I'm, I remember growing up to that song. You remember when human videos were a thing? Yeah, that was like, that was my bread and butter. People get ready. Jesus is coming soon now to take me home. We are living in the last. Oh, put your phones away. <laughs> okay, put your phones away. All right, this is serious. This is spiritual. Um, we're living in the last days, okay? When was the last time that you dreamed for yourself? When was the last time that you dreamed for your life, for your future, for your family, for your spouse, for your future kids, for even your homework? When was the last time that you dreamed for yourself? I believe that we are living in the last days, and because we are living in the last days, there should be a generation of dreamers and vision casters and people that are prophesying just like the scripture says, because we know that Jesus is coming soon. See, Jesus is looking for dreamers. He's looking for dreamers. See, I'm looking for a generation that, that, that has dreams, that has dreams for their lives, and not just, not just any dream, but crazy dreams. Dreams that can shake nations. Dreams that can change the world. 
Dreams that can start movements in every single area of influence that you walk into. Those kinds of dreams are the dreams that God wants to place in your life. You see, John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and you may have it to the full. Did you know that there is an enemy that wants to steal your dream, he wants to kill your dream, and he wants to destroy your dream. I came to tell somebody today, write this down, I need some people in the room that are saying, I am unashamed of the dream. I'm unashamed of the thing that God has placed in my heart. I'm unashamed of the word that he has spoken to me. I'm unashamed of the thing that God is trying to get me to do. I am unashamed of the dream. I'm unashamed of the dream. You see, there's an enemy that wants to steal the dream, kill the dream, destroy the dream with people. People that come up to you and say, man, you're just crazy. Man, you're just insane. Man, you're a hypocrite because last year you were walking this way, but now you're walking this way. Man, you're just a hypocrite. Man, that's not real. Man, I've seen him backslide before, so like, I know that this is just a phase. You see... Here's what I believe is that many times, whether you'd like to admit it to not, or, or not, where there are dreamers, there are also doubters. Where there are dreamers, there are also discouragers. Many times the enemy will even use the closest people around you to, to try to doubt the dream, to try to destroy the dream, to try to discourage the dream. Right? What is the dream that you have placed in your heart? You see... I don't know about you, but I don't just want to have a dream. I want to have a God dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, what if we stopped getting mad and getting sad and started doubting our dream from the people that came up to us and said, that dream is impossible? But what if we started to get encouraged? What if we started saying, man, that's exactly the confirmation that I needed because I don't want an easy dream. I don't even want a hard dream. I want an impossible dream. That's the kind of dream that I want. That's why when people come up to me and say, hey, man, it's impossible to fill that auditorium with 300 teenagers. I say, that's exactly what God is asking me to do. That's how I know that it's a God dream because I serve the God that can make the impossible possible. He can make it possible. I don't want an easy dream. I don't want a hard dream. I want an impossible dream. That's why I don't, I don't give in to the haters. I don't give in to the doubters. I don't give in to the discouragers. I just say, yeah, God must have sent you to confirm that this is a God dream. Yeah, and I'm not ashamed of the dream. I'm not ashamed of what God has called me to do. Man, I believe this. I believe that God wants to give you a dream. Some of you are like, God hasn't given me a dream. I don't think that's about if God is giving you a dream. I think it's about if you are ready to carry the dream. It's not about if he's trying to give it to you. It's about if you're ready to carry it. Because he wants to give you an impossible dream. What, what's an impossible dream? An impossible dream looks like you starting a first priority on your school campus where there never was a first priority. And everybody says it cannot be done. But guess what? You can do it. An impossible dream looks like, man, you're a first-generation Christian, and you come on every single Wednesday, and your parents make fun of you, your brothers and sisters, they laugh at you, but you say, you know what? God has put an impossible dream for me to save this family, and it's going to require me being every Wednesday and every Sunday committed to brave so that I can see victory in my household. 
That's what an impossible dream looks like. What does an impossible dream look like? It looks like statistically you not being able to go to college because your brothers never went to college, your sisters never went to college, your parents didn't go to college, but you want to go to college. You think it's impossible, but God says, no, it's a God dream. Don't be ashamed of it. Start walking in the dream. Come on, how many dreamers do we have out there today that are saying, you know what, God, I'm not ashamed of the things that you did in my life this summer. I'm not ashamed of the things that you're going to call me to. I'm not ashamed of changing my school. I'm not ashamed of reaching my family. I'm not ashamed of changing my workplace. Yeah, I have a dream. I have a dream. Did you know that, that, that one of the, the, the richest places in the world Anybody guess? It's the cemetery. It's a cemetery. You know why? Because the cemetery is filled with a bunch of dreams that people were afraid to walk into. And so they died, never ever fulfilling their dream. Their dream just became a fantasy. What's a fantasy? A fantasy is a thing that you wish happened but never does because you subject yourself to immobilization by other people's opinions. You know what the Bible says? It says this, says Proverbs 13, 20. It says, become wise by walking with the wise. But when you hang out with fools, you watch your life fall to pieces. Let me say it like this. When you hang out with wise people, they confirm the dream. They affirm the dream. They walk in the dream with you. But when you hang out with fools, all they want to do is turn your dream into a fantasy. I don't want to die with a bunch of fantasies. I want to die with a bunch of fulfillment saying, God, you gave me a dream and I was faithful to it. You gave me a dream and I was steadfast. You gave me a dream and I wasn't ashamed of the dream. Man, there are dreamers in this room. I believe that there are dreamers in this room. I believe that maybe you've never had a dream for your life. You, maybe you've never had a dream for your spouse or your future kids or your faith. But I believe today God wants to plant a dream in your heart. And he says, hey, I don't want you to be ashamed of it. I want you to begin walking faithfully in it. And I want you to see what I can do through your life this year as you aren't ashamed of the dream. Number two is this. Write this down. Come on. Note takers are. Note takers are. Number two is this. I am unashamed of the position I was placed I am unashamed of the position that I was placed. You see, there is purpose in your position. Mm, let me say that again. There is purpose in your position. Whether you feel like it or not, maybe you feel like you're left behind. Maybe you feel like you're way ahead. Maybe you feel like you've been demoted. Maybe you feel like you've been promoted. Maybe you feel like you don't like where you are standing. Can I tell you that there is purpose in your position? Because why? God doesn't waste anything. God does not waste a single moment in your life. So whether you like where you're standing or whether you don't like where you're standing, there is always purpose in your position, and you will miss your purpose, and you will miss your calling, and you will miss your destiny if you begin to shame the place that you are standing and the position that God has, has, has placed you. You see, you want to fulfill your calling? Don't overlook your position. Don't overlook the place that God has for you. That's why I hate when people say, man, I hate the school that I'm in. Man, none of them are Christians. None of them follow Jesus. Yeah, that's why God put you there, because he knew that you were strong. He knew that you were faithful, and he knew that you had what it took to change your school forever. Man, I hate my job. 
Man, I don't get paid enough. Man, I don't get enough hours. Well, guess what? With the hours that you do have, God wants to use that position so that you can preach the gospel even during your work hours. Don't look down on your position because there is purpose in the place that God has positioned you. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. You see, what if we resolve that everything came from God? What if we resolve that, that, that everything came from God? That we stopped giving credit to the enemy. That we stopped saying, oh, the enemy put me here. Oh, the enemy is the reason that I'm here. Oh, the enemy... I've been struggling with this battle, so that is why I am here. How much would your worldview change if you resolve that, no, 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 the enemy didn't put me here. God put me here because he is working all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So I'm not going to say it was the enemy. I'm going to say it was God because I know that even though it looks bad, it can still be good because that's the kind of God that I serve. He doesn't waste any minute of my life. He doesn't waste a second. He doesn't waste a place, and he doesn't waste a position. There is purpose in my position, so I'm not going to be ashamed of where I am. Some of you have been ashamed of your past, and you have been living in it. What if you stopped living in it, and you said, you know what? I'm not ashamed of my position. My past has propelled me so that now I have a greater testimony, and I can connect with people that walk through the same thing, and I can bring them out just like God brought me out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some of you in this room today, you're just here and you're saying, man, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know how you can do that. You see, I think that the tragedy sometimes is that we stop becoming because we start blaming. We stop becoming who God has called us to be because we start blaming the wrong people for where I'm standing. God says, hey, if you would stop blaming other people, if you would stop, stop saying, hey, he did this to me, she did this to me, this is the reason that I'm here. And if you would just say, you know what, God, I know that this is just for a season, and I know there is a reason, so I am going to start becoming the person that you want me to be right now. Stop staring at where you want to go, and stop standing where God has you, and watch what God can do in your life when you say, I'm going to start becoming who God has called me to be I'm not ashamed of the position God because I know you placed me here even if it's a result of my sin even if it's a result of temptation God I know that you are working all things out for the good because you're a good God you're a faithful God come on I want to invite the band back up here man we're going to go into a time of worship because I feel like God wants to stir something up in this place right now you see, I believe this. I believe that God is positioning some of you. God is positioning some of you. He's positioning some of you. Some of you are asking, man, why am I here? Why do I feel like this? It's because God is positioning you. God is positioning you. He, he, he's placing you in the right place. He, he, he's positioning you under fresh living water. He, he's, he's positioning you under, under the right doors and in the right alignment with his will for your life. He is positioning you. So don't be ashamed of your past. Don't be ashamed of your parents. Don't be ashamed of, uh, uh, of your, 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 your struggle. Don't be ashamed of that circumstance. Don't be ashamed of that ex-boyfriend or that ex-girlfriend. Don't be ashamed of that relationship that you had with your dad or your mom that was broken. Don't be ashamed uh, of your parents' divorce. Don't be ashamed because what God is doing is he's just repositioning you. 
He's positioning you and he has something for you. He has something for you. Number three is this. Write this down. Write this down. I'm unashamed of the gospel. I'm unashamed of the gospel. Listen, listen, listen. Romans 1, 16, 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why am I not ashamed of the gospel? Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew and then to the Gentile. In other words, salvation is for everybody. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Yeah, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Mm. Come on, somebody say from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. This school year, man, I want to challenge you to live by faith. Live by faith. I love what this scripture says. It says that it was from faith from first and it was from faith to last. In other words, from the entirety of the gospel, it was all about faith. It was all about belief in the impossible. It was all about belief in Jesus Christ. It was all about the saving grace and the saving power of Jesus on the cross. Faith from first, faith to last. What if you walked into this school, you're saying, you know what? From week two, I'm walking in with faith. And, and when I graduate or when I walk out into my next grade, I'm walking out with faith. The righteous will live by faith. I'm unashamed of the gospel. I'm a, man, I, I would love to hear of stories this, this year, this school year, of people that said, man, I walked into my classroom and I was unashamed of the gospel. Like, like I didn't just walk around with, with my electronic Bible, but I walked around with, with a real Bible. Not so that people could look at me and say, oh, he's the Christian, he just wants attention, but so that people can look at me and start a conversation. Say, hey, what is that, that book that you're reading that has so many pages? You know what we, me and my friends did um, when we were in youth group? We did this 31-day unashamed challenge. And what we did is we, we found the biggest Bible that we owned. And we would carry it around everywhere we went for 31 days. It's when school started. It was, it was, it was called the unashamed challenge. And, and we said, man, like we would place bets on like who would forget their Bible first. You know what I'm saying? Because like we were still teenagers. Like I know, like you forget stuff. But everywhere we walked, we carried that Bible with us. Not in our pocket, not in our book bag, in our hand. And in class, when we had breaks and we were done with homework and we were done with assignments, we would flip that Bible open and we would just start to read. We wouldn't make it a big scene. We wouldn't walk around being like, ooh, I'm a Christian. Look at my Bible. But we would just wait for God to bring people to us to say, hey, what are you reading? What is that book? And we would say, man, we're unashamed of the gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what saved me and it can save you too because I am unashamed of the gospel. I wish there was a gentleman generation that was unashamed of the gospel, that was unashamed of their faith, that was unashamed to walk through their schools and say, God, I'm not ashamed of you. God, I'm going to wear you on my chest. Not so that I can build my name, but that I could build your name. Because I know what you've done in my life. And I know you can do it in theirs too. You see, how, how do we do this? How, how, you guys can be seated. Go ahead and be seated. 
How do we do this? There are five ways, five ways. Write these five ways down. There are five ways that I think you can live unashamed this school year. Unashamed of your dreams, unashamed of your position, unashamed of the gospel. Number one is this. You need greater faith. You need greater faith. In other words, stop believing for small things. God is not interested in fulfilling your small things. He's interested in fulfilling your impossible things. You need greater faith this school year. You need greater faith to wake up and have a good attitude. You need greater faith to do your homework because, you're, because you know that it's just you stewarding what God has placed in your hand. You need greater faith to walk up to that person who's sitting by themselves at the school table and to sit down and say, man, I just want to be your friend this year. You need greater faith. Number two is this. Write this down. You need greater revelation. You need greater revelation. What do I mean by that? We need young people to be hearing dreams and seeing visions from God. That's what we need. We need people that say, you know what, God, here I am. Send me. Would you download a revelation into my heart? God, would you allow me to see things that I have not seen before? Would you allow me to operate in the supernatural? I need greater revelation. So that I can walk unashamed with what God has downloaded into my spirit. Number three is this. Write this down. You need greater acceptance. If you want to be unashamed of who you are, then you need to accept who God has created you to be. You need to accept yourself. Because when you accept yourself, God affirms you. God identifies you. God puts a, a, a sticker on your back that says, he belongs to me. And all of a sudden, when you realize that you belong to Jesus, you can't be shamed. You can't be embarrassed. You can't be humiliated because opinion doesn't matter from people. Opinion only matters from God. God doesn't look at the outward. He looks at the inward. He looks at your heart. You need greater acceptance. Number four is this. You need greater strength this school year. You need greater strength. In other words, some of you guys need to put on some spiritual muscles. Some of you, you need to throw off doubt. You need to throw off depression because that is only weighing you down and it's making you weaker. Some of you today, you need to say, man, I need a greater strength from God. How do you do that? You stop asking for him to take things off of you and you say, God, put more weight on me so that I can learn how to carry it, so that I can be a burden carrier for this generation, so that I can hold the burdens of my peers and I can hold their hands up and I can be strong for them. I'm unashamed of the gospel. I need to be strong. The last one is this, number five, is, is I need to know a greater God. I need to know a greater God, how do I know a greater God? You got to dig into his word. You got to figure out who God is. You see, I, I believe this. I believe all of us in this room, we know who God is to some extent. But I need to know God greater. I need to know the mysteries and the intricacies of who God really is. I need to know what he has not done in my life so I can see it be revealed in my life. I don't need to keep running to who I know God to be. I need to run to the God that I don't know who he is yet. You want to be unashamed? Know a greater God. Know the God of the impossible. Know the God who fights for you. Know the God who comforts you. Know the God who has all the plans of your heart in his hand. Know the God who orchestrates your life and your faith and your future together.
You see, here's, here's why we need some unashamed people, okay? This is why we, we did this, this series of, hey, I'm going to be confident and I'm going to be unashamed. I'm going to walk in confidence and I'm not going to be ashamed of what people think about me. I'm going to walk in confidence and I'm not going to walk in embarrassment. I'm going to walk in confidence and I'm not going to be humiliated by what the world says about me. Understand this, when Jesus died on the cross, in the Bible it says that he took all of your shame. Yeah. It says that, that as he went to the cross, all shame was on Jesus. In other words, he was humiliated. He was beaten and broken. He was embarrassed in front of all of his friends and family. He was stripped naked and he was whipped. Why did he do that? He did that so that you could live a life that was unashamed. So that you could live a life that you didn't feel humiliated, so that you didn't feel embarrassed. He took that for you so that you could walk in freedom, you could walk in restoration, you could walk in deliverance, you could walk in the life that he's called you to walk. Why do we need unashamed people in the room today? Because we're starting this new campaign called There is Hope. How many of you know in order to hand out one of these invites, you have to be unashamed? You have to be unashamed to know that there is hope in the world. You have to be unashamed of people saying, why are you handing me this card? You have to be unashamed of people saying, well, well what does that even mean? You got to be unashamed. You see, here's what we believe is that, that when we jump into this four-week series, it is not just for us. It's for everybody in Miami. And we're just going to be dealing hope. We're just going to be dealing hope to everybody. We're going to walk into Starbucks and say, man, I'm, I'm unashamed. I'm going to drop this on the table right there. Man, I'm going to walk into my, my classroom, and I'm, I'm just going to drop that right there. I'm unashamed, baby. I'm a Jesus freak. Go ahead and call it to me because I am unashamed of the gospel. I'm unashamed of my faith. I don't care if people look at me funny. I am unashamed because I know what God did in my life, and if he did it in your life, you'd be acting like me too. So I'm just going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing that he is going to reach you, and you are going to be touched with this hope that is Jesus Christ. Why else do we need to be unashamed? Because this fall, I'm not even supposed to be telling you this right now but I'm going to because I believe in you this fall we are going to be doing a youth revival conference here's what we're believing for yeah yeah you can make some noise for that listen we are bringing in the best guest speakers in all of the nation some of the best youth communicators that walk in the United States not only that, but we're bringing in guest artists. We're giving away crazy, ridiculous stuff. It's three days of pure revival, and we're going to lock ourselves in a room and say, God, we need greater strength. We need greater faith. We need to know a greater God. We need greater revelation from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what I'm believing for. I'm believing for 300 students to pack out the auditorium for three days. So that the Holy Spirit can show up and wreck some lives. It's happening in two months. So mark it on your calendars because it will be the greatest weekend of your entire life. Why, why do I need your help? Because I need some unashamed people that, that will get invitational. That won't be ashamed to hand out an invite. You see, next week is invite night. Okay. Why, why do we do invite nights? Invite nights are all about being unashamed of the gospel, right? It's all about God revealing himself through the gospel of Jesus Christ so that there can be salvation. Why are we so intentional about invitation? Because invitation always leads to salvation. 
It's when you invite that people are saved. It's when you invite. How many of you were invited with an invitation? You were invited to Brave Youth. Raise your hand. With an invitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you see the power of an invite right here? It's because there were people that said, I am unashamed of the gospel because it was my salvation and it can be yours too. We're going to close today. And I want to sing this song again because this song is so powerful. Would everybody stand to your feet with me tonight? Come on, if you're in this room, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to open up these altars right now. We're just going to sing this song and then we're going to dismiss. Jesus. There, there were five things. There were five things. There, there's greater faith. Greater revelation. Greater acceptance. Greater strength. And knowing a greater God. Which one do you need to grow in tonight? Which one do you need to take from good to great? Maybe your faith is just good right now, but you need a greater faith. Maybe your strength is good right now, but you need a greater strength. Maybe you haven't had any revelation, and so tonight you just need a greater revelation of who God has called you to be. Maybe you're in this place and you struggle with identity. Come on. I believe God wants to give you a greater acceptance of yourself. Maybe you're in this room and you just don't know God, but tonight you want to know a greater God. He wants to reveal himself to you. Come on, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you in this room and you say, in one of those five areas, I need to grow in. Greater faith, greater strength, greater revelation, greater acceptance, knowing a greater God. If that's you, can you just raise your hand? My hand is raised. Praise God. Yeah. Look at that. Come on. I love it. You know, I love this song because it says, God, I open up my heart to you. God, would you do what only you can do in my life? I believe part of, of, of living a life that is unashamed requires you to say, God, my life is not my own. Do what only you can do in my life. I'm not going to pray or anything like that. I just want us to sing this song because I want this message tonight to just sit with us. Even when you go home and you start driving home, I want this to resonate in your spirit. So tonight we're going to end a little bit differently. I'm not going to pray over you. I'm not going to do a big altar call, but we're just going to end in a time of worship, and then we're going to dismiss, and we'll have fun. But man, I believe right now God just wants something to resonate in your heart. I understand this was a little bit of a deeper message tonight, but I believe that there are dreamers in the room. Maybe you don't think you're a dreamer, but God is calling you to be a dreamer. Set dreams for your family. Set dreams for your school. Set dreams for your campus. Set dreams for your friends. Set dreams for yourself. So come on right now. Jesus. Jesus, we love you. We praise you, God, as we worship you tonight, God, and as we reflect we choose to trust you. Come on, come fill these altars tonight as we worship. Jesus. Thank you so much for coming tonight. Come on, did God speak to you tonight? Man, I hope so. Oh, God was good to you. Hey, listen, as we close today, I want to make a challenge to you, okay? We have these hope cards right here. I don't want a single hope card to be left here tonight. 
I want all of you to take a stack and just go start dropping hope everywhere you go. We also have these cards, okay? Invite night is next week. Listen, you need to invite people, okay? I understand. You guys do better with incentives, okay? Whoever posts on their Instagram and tags me and tags Brave Church, the most of these, I will buy them Chipotle next week, okay? And I'll bring it to youth. And you can eat it in youth. Okay, that's free Chipotle. Number two is this. The, the person that brings the most people to invite night, I haven't even told the team I'm doing this. I'm just feeling generous, okay? The person that brings the most people to invite night next week, I will give them a full ride scholarship to camp 2020 next year, okay? Hey, I love you. Come on, I want to pray for you one more time. After this, I want you to go take every single invite that we have. And they're going to bring out the box of invites also. And take every single invite on every single chair. And let's start to spread the hope of Jesus Christ everywhere we go. Dear Jesus, I thank you for every single person in this room, God. I thank you, God, that you have called them to be unashamed. Lord, I pray that tomorrow they would walk onto their school campus, God, and they would share the love of Jesus in every way, every shape in every form, and we give you praise. And everybody said, amen and amen. I love you, and we will see you next week. Invite night, baby. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you like this message, hit subscribe and stay connected by visiting us at brave.guide. We'll see you next time, and remember, no turning back. The best is yet to come.